that somebody comes to your, your club and, and then three weeks later you see them at the grocery store or the gas station and you're able to say, hey, Dominique, how you doing? Or hey, Brian or Steve or Lisa or Karen, how you doing? How's, how's, how's your wife Stacy doing? You know, it's magical. You're no longer the guy at the, at the club where they pay their dues in, in golf. You're their friend. And that is a game changer in business. From Tallahassee to the Keys and everywhere in between, this is Education Elevated on the FLCMAA Podcast Network. I'm excited to be here. I'm happy to be here. Let me ask you this question. How many of you in here think that you have a bad memory? Who in here thinks you got a bad memory? Oh my gosh, all right, I got my work cut out for me, don't I? You do not have a bad memory. Your memory is a million times better than you think it is. Uh, Riza, you might have an untrained memory, but you don't have a bad memory. Uh, 26 years ago, I thought I had a bad memory and I had all the evidence in the world to support that. Uh, I was going to the University of North Texas, kinda. Uh, okay, I was enrolled, all right. And uh, during my first, after my first two semesters of the University of North Texas, um, I had a 0.9 GPA. Thank you for the support, I appreciate that. And I was kicked out of college. I had a year suspension from college in 1991, 92. And, um, and during that time, I heard about a memory course. I took the memory course, not because I thought it would help me with school. Obviously, I didn't care. I took it because I thought it sounded cool. I had seen, this was 1992, and I had seen the guy in the 1980s on The Tonight Show memorizing a deck of cards for Johnny Carson and memorizing names in Johnny Carson's studio audience. And as a high school kid, I was mesmerized by that. So in 1992, I met a guy, I was a telemarketer, and I was making telemarketing phone calls, and uh, we cleaned chimneys. And I called this guy up, and I said, hey, we want to come out there, and we want to clean your chimney. And he said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't want our chimney cleaned. We're trying to sell our house. And as he was hanging up the phone, I said the words that changed my life. I said, sir, don't hang up the phone. If you're trying to sell your house, you need a clean chimney. He laughed. He said, that's ridiculous, but I do need a good salesman. Will you go to work for me? I need a telemarketer. Will you go to work for me? And then he, this was him talking to me. He said, I sell memory training seminars, and I'll pay you more than you're making now, which was a pretty safe bet, okay? <laughs> I started taking down his information and my sales manager was like, oh, did you get a sale? I'm like, no, I got a new job, right? <laughs> I'm gonna teach memory seminars. She's like, you're the kid that got kicked out of college, right? Good luck with that, pal. I'll see you back here in six months begging me for a job. That was 26 years ago. And I have to start off my speech that way because here very shortly, you're gonna see me repeat a bunch of names. You're gonna see me repeat a number that I never see and I only hear. And when you see me do that, you may form the opinion that I am a genius, I have a better memory than you, or I'm some sort of savant. I am none of those. I'm dumber than most of you, okay? But I have learned a system from a guy 26 years ago. I'm a normal guy. All right, and I just learned a system, and I'm gonna teach you that system here in our short time together today. Uh, this is what we're gonna do, and the camera guy might work best from this angle. I already talked to Dominique about that, but however you wanna do it, you guys are the professionals. This is what we're gonna do. If I said to you today, there's gonna to come a time in my speech 
when I ask people to stand up. Please stand up. Only stand up if I asked you that question. Could you please stand up? Okay. So these are the people that I met today. Please put your hands over your name tags, cover up your name tags in some way. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to call off your name as I remember your name to be. If I get it right, sit down. If I miss it, stay standing. I don't expect to get 100% correct, but I, is, it, is it Matt right here? No, um, Chet. I know you. Go ahead and stand up, Chet. Um, uh, okay, I'm seeing if there's anybody else that I need to call, call out here to stand up. I think that's everybody. So this is what we're going to do. When I call off your name, if I get it correct, sit down. If I miss it, stay standing. I don't expect to get 100% correct, but I do expect to do very, 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 very good. Luann, you can, uh, uh, Lauren, you can sit down. Nadine, you can sit down. Jake, you can have a seat. I believe it's David. You can have a seat right here. Pamela, you can have a seat. I believe this is Mike right here. You can sit down. This is Robin, and you are Scott. You can have a seat. This is Carol right here, and I believe you are Sean, and this is uh, Kathleen right here. You can have a seat. This is Karen over here. I believe you are Mick, and that is Lewis, and this right here, I believe, is uh, Mike, is that right? You can have a seat. And this is Donald, and you are Brian, and you are Larry right here. And this is Nick, and you are Dave, and that is Jamie over there. And you are Harvey. I believe you are Dennis. And then this over here is Darren. And then is, is that Mark right there? Is that right? And then, uh, sir, are you uh, Vaughn? Is that right? And then this right here is Claudio, and I believe you are Brian, and this is Bernie. And you, sir, are Scott, and this is Holly, and you are David. And that is Daryl right there. And I believe you are Ron, and this is Jack right here. And you are Darcy. I believe this is Chris, and you are Brian, and you are... Allie, Allie, is that right? And then you are Mark, and I believe, sir, you are Larry. And then I'm going to come over here to you this way, and I believe you are Dave, and this is Rudy. And um, is it Brenda, is that right? And then you are Chuck over here, and I believe this is Tom. And you, sir, are Rod, is that right? And then this is John right here, and you are Pam, and this is Dan, and you are uh, Chet, and this is Matt right here. And you, sir, are Bill, I believe. And then this is Denise over here, and you are Diana and this is Casey right here, and you are Bob, is that right? And then this gentleman right here is David, and then right here we have Scott, and you are Mike, and this is Matthew right here, and you are Kelly, and I believe you're Arisa, and that is Brian right there, and that is Brian over there, and you are Sherry, and this is Alex right here, I believe you are PJ, that is Doug over there. Uh, are you uh, uh, David? Do you mind if I call you David? Okay. <laughs> Ryan? Okay, Ryan. And then this is uh, Amanda right here. You are Lionel. This is Miguel right here. I believe you are Brendan. This is Ryan over here. You are Ariel. That is uh, Dan right there. And you are Mike. And this is uh, Sharon. And you are uh, Adrian. And I believe, sir, you are Chad. And this is Duel right here. And you are Clayton. And then right here we have Keith. And uh, up up here at the front of the room, you are Michael, and then this is uh, this is Armand, and you, sir, are uh, you, sir, are Carlos. Thanks for not putting your hand over your name tag. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> Alan and uh, uh, Alan is right here. Uh, Dave is right here. Have a seat. And uh, this is Ellen right here. Uh, you are Amanda. This is Luann right here, and I believe you are Martha. And this right here, I believe, is John, and you are Ken. Is that right? All right. All right. Now the pressure's off. Now I can have some fun. Okay. <laughs> the first two hours I show up, I'm like this. <laughs> I get that out of the way. I'm ready to go. Uh, all right. So uh, let me ask you this question. If you and I were to sit down and talk, I'm going to ask about 10 of you this question. 
What's your favorite topic? What do you want to talk about? Me, it's Texas Rangers baseball. It's been a hard season to talk about them, okay? But it's, it's been a hard 40 years to talk about them, but that's my favorite topic. What do you like to talk about? Money, sports, your job, traveling. What's your favorite topic? Mike, I'll start with you. Okay, we have two mics, so we'll go with this mic first and then this mic. So we'll go over here. Cleveland sports. Basketball? Basketball, yeah. All right. And you, sir, Mike? College football. College football. You have a favorite team? Uh, Ohio State. Ohio State. All right. Uh, how, about, uh, how about Keith, your favorite topic? Uh, Cubs baseball. Cubs baseball. All right. Well, you, you had a good year last year, right? Okay. Amanda, what's your favorite topic? Golf. Golf. All right. Uh, Risa, what about you? Basketball. Basketball. Favorite team? Uh, Chicago. Chicago Bulls. All right. Uh, 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 Kelly, your favorite topic? My boys. Your, um, yeah, my, my little boys. And their names? Nolan and Jack. Nolan and Jack. All right. Brian, what's your favorite topic? College football. College football. You have a favorite team? State. All right. And uh, let's see. Alex, last one. What's your favorite topic? Uh, food and drinks. Food and drinks. Okay. All right. That's, I ate all the candy in my hotel room last night, so uh, I woke up feeling terrible. Uh, I ate it in my, in the sleep, uh, my sleep. Uh, there was a book. It was written in 1936. It's one of the best-selling books ever written. The author of the book was a guy named Dale Carnegie. Does anybody know what Dale Carnegie's best-selling book was? If you, say, if you know it, just say it out loud. Awesome. In my last speech, nobody knew <laughs> that book. I knew I was in trouble. How to Win Friends and Influence People. How many of you have at least heard of the book? Awesome. Two important money-making facts come out of this book. It's facts that can help you at your club, your resort, your golf course. And the first fact is this. Everybody's favorite subject, at least according to Dale Carnegie, is actually what? That's, um, that's, what, he that's what he wrote about in that book. Everybody's favorite subject is actually, I, I say Texas Rangers, you say sports or traveling. Dale Carnegie says it's actually ourselves. My ex-girlfriend, my name's Ron White, so according to Dale Carnegie, what's my favorite subject? That's right. If you don't believe me, talk to me at the break, and I'll prove it to you. <laughs> my ex-girlfriend used to say the reason we got along so well is we were both in love with the same man. <laughs> right? According to Dale Carnegie, everybody's favorite subjects themselves. What does that mean? That means every single person, Dan, who walks through the doors of the Ritz-Carlton, their favorite subject is not the Ritz-Carlton, although it's one of the best experiences in the world, right? Their favorite subject is actually themselves. The second fact is the sweetest sound to every person who checks in to your club or your hotel. The sweetest sound to their ear is the sound of what? Their name. Now, be honest with you, knowing that. How many times has somebody joined your club or, or stayed a night at your resort, and they say, hi, my name's Ron, and you say their name is John, and, and then two seconds later, a handshake breaks, and what happens? So you forget their name. Has that happened to anybody before? Yeah, some of us say two hands up on that, right? Uh, and if we were totally honest with that person, totally 100% candid and honest, and those forms she's passing out are for the end of my speech, so you no need to distract yourself with them tonight. You can go ahead and pass them out now, but I'm just telling them they don't need them. Uh, uh, handshake, hi, my name's Ron. Armin. Armin, handshake breaks. Two seconds later, you don't know their name. The most honest thing you could say at that moment, and most people aren't this honest, but the most honest thing you would say, and I have never heard anybody say this, but the most honest thing you could say would be, hey, uh, you know a few minutes ago when we were introduced? <laughs> I wasn't even listening to you. 
right? That's the most honest thing you could say. They've just come, they're a member of your club or whatever. Most people don't do that. Most people try to be sneaky, right? And try to pretend like we know the name but don't admit we don't know the name. We'll say, hey, I want to I introduce you to somebody. This is Carlos. Carlos? There you go, right? Or you'll say, you know, I just want to spell your name the right way. And what do they say? Yeah, B-O-B, right? Oh, I didn't know if it had three Bs or two. That's why I was asking. I just want to be sure. Now, my name is Ron White, right? Both of those are pretty easy to spell. Ron's easy to spell. White's easy. For all y'all who heard Ron White was going to be the speaker and you came in here expecting tater salad, I do apologize, okay? Um, a few years ago, I was on a phone call with a woman, and at the end of the call, she said, Sir, I want to make sure I spell your name the right way. Will you spell your first name and your last name for me? It's Ron White, Right? She wasn't having trouble with the spelling. She had forgotten it. I knew that. I was in a little bit of a playful mood. And I said, ma'am, don't worry about the spelling. It's spelled exactly. That's right. I thought it was funny, too. She didn't think it was so funny. There was a pause on the other end of the line. And she said, well, would you mind sounding it out for me, please? <laughs> Here's the point, and I think you know the point. You're all smart business people and smart, smart uh, uh, managers of clubs. You know this. It is, so, it is such a game changer when someone joins your club or stays at your hotel, and two days later you call them by their name. It's a game changer. It's a, it's a world of difference. When, you, when they play around the golf at your place and you see them six weeks later at the Ohio State game and you're able to call them by their name, it is, it is a different level of service. It is a game changer because it's their favorite subject and the sweetest sound of their ear. And you may say, well, Ron, I know that. I know it's a different level. I know it's the different level. I know it's a higher notch. But that is so hard to do. That is so hard to remember all these names. No, it's not. I just memorized a hundred names while y'all were all walking around and, and, and staring at me trying to figure out what I was doing, right? Okay, I will show you how easy it is. Before I show you how easy it is, I'm gonna, we're going to have some fun with a number. In 2009, I set the record for the fastest to memorize a deck of cards in the United States. They shuffled up a deck of cards and they set it on a table and the guy said, go. He said, go. And I picked it up. I looked through it as fast as I could and I set it down. One minute, 27 seconds elapsed. Then I got another deck of cards. I reassembled it. They matched. They flipped them over. It was a perfect match. It was a USA record. Nobody in the United States had ever done it that fast. There was a book called Moonwalking with Einstein by a guy named Josh Fower. Some of y'all might have read that book. That's the record I broke. I broke Josh, Josh Fower's record. It was the fastest ever. That record stood for two years, and then a freak of nature came along, <laughs> destroyed my record. My record was 1 minute 27 seconds. So that is 87 seconds for 52 cards, right? The current USA record for 52 cards is 19 seconds. Yeah. Mine was impressive, too. <laughs> but I will never get that record back. He has destroyed it. Uh, he's made a mockery of my record. 
Uh, that same day, I memorized 167 digits in five minutes, consecutive, 167 consecutive numbers. That was also a record. The same freak of nature has also destroyed it. It's 500 digits now in five minutes. He's a genius, he's brilliant, and he's an asshole. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not. He's actually a very nice guy, and that even pisses me off more! I'm like, why can't you be a jerk? You're such a nice guy. Uh, he's a nice guy, great guy. Uh, and he's, here's the good news. He's using the same system that I'm using that I'm about to show you, but he's just doing it really, really fast. So let's create this number really quick. Um, I'm going to start with Ken. Ken, you're going to say a number out loud. Whatever you say, everybody in this room is going to write down. You're going to give me a two-digit number, a number between 10 and 99. Whatever you say, everybody in here is going to write down. And guys, you can write these out in a horizontal row or a vertical column. I'll suggest you do it in a horizontal row because that's how I'm going to repeat them. But do it however you want. Ken, a two-digit number. 27. 27. Everybody write 27 down. Uh, Mike, right here, a two-digit number. 47. 47, okay. Uh, Kelly, a uh, two-digit number. 22. Somebody asked Ronald Reagan how his meeting with Desmond Tutu went, and he said, so-so. Okay, not necessarily funny, just something I thought I'd share at this moment when you said 22, 22, 22. Alan, a two-digit number? 69. All right. What did you say, Alan? Oh, y'all both said 69, okay. All right, that's okay. That doesn't happen that much. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, Ellen and Alan, this is probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 y'all might want to hang out later, or I don't know, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, this is probably the point I should bring this up, Ellen and Alan, I'm not even a memory guy, okay, <laughs> they asked me to come out here and do a psychological profile of the group and uh, ask y'all for numbers, okay. 69 is after set 22. So we will go to Nadine here, and she's going to clean it up for us. Give us another two-digit number. 47. We've had it on there before, but we can do it again. It's no problem. Let's keep it. Uh, 47 is next. So a two-digit number, Luann? 13. Okay. Um, let's see. How about uh, Robin over here? A two 16. Okay. Um, Brian, right here, a two-digit number? 78. 78, okay. Uh, Ariel? 12. 12, okay. Uh, Um, Armin? 51. 51, okay. Uh, Lauren? 39. 39, okay. Uh, Brian? 60. 60, all right. Y'all are doing very good, by the way. <laughs> you are. I did this recently for a group, and I asked them for a two-digit number, and somebody said seven. So it was in Texas. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like so tough to do this there, uh, which is my home, Texas. Uh, Larry, a two-digit number after 60. Next one? 58. 58, okay. Um, Dan, right here, a uh, two-digit number? 98. 98, okay. Uh, Pam? 
77, okay. Uh, how about uh, Amanda? 17. 17, okay. Uh, Beth? Um, 56. 56, okay. Uh, Donald? 35. 35, okay. 35. Um, a two-digit number? 99, and that was after 35, right? Okay. I forgot to ask. Well, I didn't forget to ask. I'm the memory guy. But I failed to ask. Is everybody memorizing this as we go? Trying, okay. Riza, a two-digit number? 61, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I was listening. No, 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 okay. All right. Uh, Dave? 86, okay. Uh, Clayton? 92, okay. And dual, you'll be the last one I call on. 42. 42, okay. Okay, if I did the math properly, you should be looking at 25 sets of two. So what I'm, a 50-digit number, you should be looking at 50 digits. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you about 10 seconds, and what I would like for you to do in the next 10 seconds is look over this string of numbers and memorize this string of numbers forwards and backwards in the correct order. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. How hard could it be? Go. Has everybody got it? That was like three seconds, I know. Let me ask you this question. If I asked you right now to turn over your papers and not look at that 50-digit number, hypothetically, if I asked you to do that by a show of hands, how many of you in here would agree with me that it might be a challenge for you to repeat that number? Okay, keep this in mind. It should be easier for you than me, right? You have had a chance to see the numbers. The eye is the strongest part of the memory. I haven't had a chance to see anything. Think about it this way. How many times has somebody come to, your, come to your club or come to your hotel or come to your resort, you see them, and then three days later they're still there, and you see them, and what do you think to yourself? Oh, my gosh, I am so good with faces. I never forget a face. I just can't think of your Big deal. My dog remembers your face, all right? He has never once gotten a name right. He is the worst with names. You remember a, a face because you saw the face. You don't remember the name because you never saw the name. It's really as simple as that. It's, it's one of the simple factors. You're remembering the face because you saw it. You're not remembering the name because you just heard it. You didn't see it. The eye is so strong in your memory. I didn't get a chance to see these numbers. I didn't get a chance to write them down. That helps your memory. And the really strong thing that helps your memory is going back over it and reviewing it. I had no opportunity for review because there was nothing written down. I had to hear it once and lock it in. But let me ask you this. The best business people are the best what? So let's see how I did using that only tool that we all have. If I mess up, please let me know. But I think that number should be pretty close to 2747 
and then uh, 2269, and then 4713167812114351396058987, and then 17563599617, uh, and then um, 869242. Is that right? All right. All right. Now, if that's the number forwards, now I'm going to say the number backwards. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I could do that, I'd be on that show on the National Geographic channel, Brain Games. <laughs> and I am. That number backwards is 2429681699536 and then 7177898506931534112 and then uh, the next one after that is 8761317490 so right? Okay. Okay. Now here's the good news. I'm a normal guy, normal brain guy. I learned how to do this 26 years ago. What was the method that, the, that this guy taught me? 26 years ago, he said, Ron, there are five steps to memorizing anything. If you have these five steps, you can give a speech without notes. How many of you in here ever have to give speeches or presentations? Okay, if you have, this is, um, you can use these five steps to give speeches without notes. Remember what you learned from conferences. Remember names and faces, uh, product knowledge, all this stuff, details of your members. And the five steps are this, focus, file, picture, action, review. I'll say those again, focus, file, picture, action, review. Focus, file, picture, action, Review. You say those five things with me. What are the five steps that you need? Focus. Focus. Number one. I'll walk you through all five. Number one, focus. Good nutrition and exercise will help your focus. It, so last night, eating that bag of gummy bears and the, the, the jar of gummy bears and the jar of M&Ms and all the other stuff, I was terrible. Um, but good nutrition and exercise will help your memory. It'll help your focus. When I was training for the 2009, is Nelson Dulles' friend in here? A friend of mine, Nelson Dulles, competes in memory tournaments, and uh, a friend of his is in this audience, but I guess he's not in the room. Chip is his name. But there was another Chip, but I, anyways. In 2009, I was training for the USA Memory Championship, and yes, there is something called the USA Memory Championship, and it's just as cool as it sounds. Uh, I compete against 50 guys, and it is mainly guys, and people always ask me, Ron, why is it 90% female at these memory tournaments? And I have no idea. I have zero clue. I don't think there's anything different. I mean, I think there's different about the brains, but in regards to memory, I don't think there is. But in regards to the memory tournaments, maybe there is. Why is it 90% male? My theory, it's just a theory, is that guys think it is cool to sit at their kitchen table and memorize a deck of cards 365 days for an hour a day, and ladies know it's not. 
okay? It's the only thing I can come up with. But it's about 90% male. It's an interesting group of guys. Most of them play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, they live in their mother's basement, and they have invisible girlfriends. And in 2009, I wanted to be king of this group, so I started training like a madman to become king of the nerds. In the process of training to become king of the nerds, I lost 20 pounds. Why? First key to your memory is focus. Good nutrition and exercise. I was exercising. I was drinking plenty of water. I was eating healthy. Some foods that I was really focusing on were spinach, blueberries, omega-3s, drinking plenty of water, and apples are all considered brain foods. Dropped 20 pounds and became king of the nerds in 2009. The next year, 2010, I started training again, and I dropped 20 pounds. And people were like, congrats, dude, that's 40 pounds. It is not. It is the same 20 pounds, okay? <laughs> I drank rum and Cokes for six months in my celebration period. But when I was focused on that nerd tournament, I was focused on my focus, which is good nutrition and exercise. With that said, Robin, if an Olympic athlete walked into this room, would they be able to memorize a number, a 50-digit number, just because they can run faster than anybody? No. 1% of what I do is nutrition and health. 99% of what I do is technique. So let me give you a technique to improve your focus. Somebody walks into your club. They walk into your resort. They walk, they walk into your hotel. And when they walk into to your hotel, you're, you're, you're thinking, oh my gosh, have they stayed here before? Have I, have I seen them bef before? Uh, what, should, what should I tell them about? Uh, what should I talk to them about? What should I, what should I ask them? Uh, hey, how are you doing? And all this stuff is going through your brain when that person is walking towards, towards you. Change it. From now on, when somebody is walking towards you at your club, at your resort, as they're walking towards you, don't ask yourself, do I know that person? What do I think about that person? What do they think of me? Have I seen them before? Get that all out of your mind and ask this one question to your brain. If you do, you will remember 300%, three times as many names as you are right now. And here's the question. As they're walking towards you, ask yourself this question, Luann. What is their name? 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 Do not say that out loud. Okay? What's the question you're going to ask yourself as you're walking towards somebody new? What is their name? You don't know their name, so no answer is going to pop into your brain, but that will focus your brain to be listening when they say their name. So use that question to focus your brain. Next step in your memory. Let me give you a picture of how my memory used to work 26 years ago before I met the guy who taught me how to do this. 26 years ago, this is how my brain works, worked, and it's probably how your brain is working now. You meet Reza. That name goes in your ear, and it goes on the floor of your memory. And then you meet Beth in your ear, the floor of your memory. Nadine, in your ear, the floor of your memory. Ellen, in your ear, the floor of your memory. Karen, floor of your memory. You go to a business seminar. That data goes in your ear, the floor of your memory. You meet Brian. You meet Steve. You get a new email password. In your ear, the floor of your memory. You meet Donald. That information goes in your ear, the floor of your memory. Karen, Wendy, Brian, Matt. Doug, business books, all this data on the floor of your memory. And then six weeks later, somebody comes back to your club, and they are a member, and they say to you, Ken, how you doing, man? Hey, it's so good to see you. How you been? And Ken, those gerbils that run around in your brain, they panic, and they go, oh, my God. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. No. Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Hey, that's not it. No, no, no. No, that's not it. 
two hours later, you're driving home, and what happens? Yeah, your mind goes, ha, look what I found. <laughs> Was the name up there the entire time? Yes, that's not the problem. The problem is, is it was on the floor of your brain. It was scattered in this mess. And that's how we try to learn. We come to this conference, we take notes, and we toss the data on the floor of our brain. How many of you in here have kids in school? You see them study for a test. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, they're throwing all the data on the floor of their brain, Ken. And then they go in and take the test. And when they're taking the test, they can't think of the answer. They walk out of the classroom. They ask their friend, what was the answer to 12? Their friend says hydrogen. And your son or daughter goes, oh, yeah, it was hydrogen. They knew it, but they weren't able to go instantly to the material because they didn't have it in a file, a place they could store the data. What is a file? What is a file in regards to our brain? This is what I have done. I have memorized maps of rooms. I've memorized maps of rooms in my head. I've adapted a system that is 2,600 years old, 2,500 years old, 477 BC. I don't know if this story is true or not, but it's on the internet, so I'm going to assume it's true. But as the story goes, in 477 BC, there was a man named Simonides. And Simonides was in a room like this. The roof collapsed. It killed everybody in the room except Simonides. Simonides lived. He survived. Then he had to identify the bodies because he was the only survivor and everybody was crushed. He said, well, Dave was there. Alan was there. Ellen was there. Amanda was there. Martha was there. Luann was there. John was there. Ken was there. He identified the bodies based upon where they were sitting, based upon locations. Then the light bulb went off in his head. He thought, wait a minute. I By the way, that is not how I remembered your names. I met most of you at lunch, but it is the origins of this system by remembering things in a location in a room. Then the light bulb goes off in his head. and He thinks, wait a minute, I just remembered a room full of names by placing them in spots in a room. What if it wasn't people in those spots, but what if it was my favorite poem? Could I put one poem in this chair, one poem in this chair, a number in this chair, data in this chair, and then go back to the chairs and remember the data? You do it all the time. Think about this. You go to your friend's house and you take off your jacket, or maybe you don't. <laughs> you take off your jacket, and you're, you, it's cold outside, and your friend says, hey, put your jacket in the front room over there on that chair. So you put your jacket in that front room. You go throughout the party. When the party is over, you don't panic. You're not like, oh, my God, where's my jacket? You're like, hey, man, thanks for having me at your party, Sean. I really enjoyed it. You go to that room. You go to that chair. You get your jacket, and you leave. Why? That chair held the jacket, right? In your brain, you knew it was there. So in theory, you could have taken off your hat, putting it right there. You could have put your keys right here. And as long as you were conscious and aware, and what I mean by conscious is paying attention, as long as you were paying attention when you did it, you should be able to go back to those locations and remember the data. That is the basis for this system. This is what I have done. I've memorized blueprints of homes. I've memorized blueprints of about 30 different homes. And whenever I want to recall data, I mentally place it inside these mental blueprints in my brain. Let's do it in this room together. Everybody say number one is the screen. What's one? Two is the projector. What's two? Three is the doors. What's three? So what's one? Two. Three. Four is the plant. What's four? Five is the camera. What's five? 
Uh, number six, we'll make this group of tables right here. We'll just say tables. What's six? Number seven is the audio. So what's seven? Number eight, we'll make the checks. So what's eight? Nine's the flag. What's nine? And ten's the podium. What's ten? Now, this, isn't just, this room is just an example. You're never going to use this room again unless this is your club and you're here all the time. But typically, you're going to want to map out your own clubs, your own resorts, or your own house. This is just an example, okay? Let's say it again, though. What's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Focus file. What's the next step to improving your memory? Picture. Whatever you want to recall, it needs to be a picture. You need to be able to see it, visualize it. So what that means is, is for each one of your names, I was seeing it as a picture, a predetermined picture. Ken, I use a Ken in, in, uh, in Barbie doll. Steve, I use stove. Lisa, I use the Mona Lisa. Alan, I use an Alan wrench. Dave, I use a, a cave. Martha, I use the American flag. Martha Washington is what I, is what I think of. Uh, uh, Brian is a brain. John, whoosh. I use a toilet. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Okay. It's okay. It's not you personally. It's not you. Ken liked that one. Okay. <laughs> Steve's a stove. Lisa's the Mona Lisa. Karen is a carrot. Brian is a brain. For every name I have a picture for, a predetermined picture. Dan, I use a pan. And here's the deal. When I gave my first speech in 1992, gave my first speech in 1992, I've had the same job for, for since 1992, and I love it, but it's crazy to think of that. When I gave my first speech in 1992, I was 19 years old, and I walked into that company, and there was five people in the room. I only asked three of them their names. I was the memory expert, and I did not think I could remember all five names. And my goal was to sign them up for a memory seminar. But that's where we all start. We all start at the same place I started at. You were in that same place that I was. Oh my God, I don't know if I can remember five names. And I was the memory guy. I say that to give you a, a little bit of hope here. How did I go from that guy who didn't think he could memorize five names in 30 minutes to the guy now who I'm confident I can remember 300 names in 30 minutes? How did I make that leap? This is how I did it. Every time I met somebody in 1992, I turned their name into a picture. I saw a name tag and I was like, what could a picture for that be? Scott, Scott paper towels, like the brand of paper towels, you know, you wipe, wipe stuff up with. Oh, Matt, what could a picture for that be? Doormat. And then every time I created a picture for Matt, that became my picture for every Matt. Does that make sense? Scott, and, and so it took me about two months to create a mental database of common names. But if you will do that and ask yourself for the next two months, who did I meet today? Or when you meet somebody, turn their name into a picture. You can get really good at it. And that's how I got fast. Now I have pictures for common names, and so I can just go really, really fast. Every Steve in here was a stove. Every Matt was a doormat. Every Brian was a brain. Does that make sense? A little bit? Okay, by the way, I'll give you my pictures for names for free. If you want my pictures for names for free, I've put them in a spreadsheet. It'll save you two or three months, and you can get it for free. Text this phone number, 
214-246-9-1. I'm terrible with numbers. 214-220-4691. 214-220-4691. Text the word memory, only the word memory. That is not my cell phone. It's a computer. Text the word memory, nothing else, and you'll get my pictures for names for free. I, I'm, uh, you can't do it now. I guess your phones are at the end of the table. But when you get them, do that. Focus, file, picture. What's the next step? Action. How many of you in here, you ever been in a car accident? How many is more than 20 years ago? All right, the gentleman at the back of the room, is that Bernie back there? Was it day or nighttime, Bernie? Were you driving or was somebody else? Did you reckon to them or did they reckon to you? Okay, and I'm not a cop, but um, you remember what area of town it was in? Okay, how many years ago? Wow, all right. You stole the car when you were three, that's why, man. All right. So you, I bet you it would be pretty hard for you to list out real quickly everywhere you drove last week, right? Last week, it'd be hard for you to do the recall on. 38 years ago, time of day, all the details, right? Why? Action. Action is what cements something into your memory. So when I see these pictures, and when you see these pictures, you can't make them passive pictures. You have to make them full of action and full of emotion. If you can smell the pictures, it's even better. If you can hear the pictures, it's even better. But they have to be full of action. How many of you know where you were on September 11th? How many of you know where you are on October 25th of that year? The difference is action and emotion. It cements it in your memory in long term. So that's the kind of pictures we need to see. Focus, file, picture, action. What's the last step? Review. Review. The, today, you guys went through the lunch buffet line, and I memorized all your names, right? Then I exited the buffet line, and I spent the next hour walking around staring at you, creeping you out, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that was the review stage. I don't have to be creepy when I do it. I just prefer to be, okay? So it's, I gotta have fun somehow. It's the same speech 26 years. I'm just kidding. I don't do it intentionally, but apparently it's unanimous. I come across very creepy. Uh, in every speech for the last 20 years, it's like the one comment, Ron, what was the hell was going on? Uh, what are the five, but that's, that's the difference between long-term and short-term memory. The difference is review. If I did not review, it would not go into my long-term memory. Does that make sense? What are the five steps to memorize anything? What are they? Focus, file, <laughs> picture, action. I was about to take questions from the floor, okay? Uh, let's test this out. I'm going to give you a list of words, and let's see if you can memorize this list of words using this method. Number one, are you focused? If you're focused, just say yes. Are you focused? Yes. Do you know the 10 spots in this room, the files? If you do, just say yes. yes. Let's say them together. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, what is it? Yeah, eight, nine, and 10. Okay, now I'm going to give you 10 words, 10 pictures. You're going to memorize them. So do not, do not, do not, do not write them down. Engage your memory in this process. I'm going to give you 10 pictures, and you're going to place them on your files in the order I give them to you with action and emotion and review. What's number one? The, the picture that I want you to remember is money. So we got, if we just see money sitting right here at the bottom of the screen, there is no action. 
to create action and emotion, how could we put money up here on the screen? Making it rain. All right, you're throwing money up here. You're making it rain. Did Alan or Ellen say that? No? Okay, no? All right. There's more of you in here. All right, I want you to see money shooting out of here. Money's flying out of here, or you're throwing it up there. What are you throwing over here? Number two, what's your file? Right here, I want you to see a clock. I want you to see a big old cuckoo clock, and a poo cuckoo bird comes out. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Well, that's what you're thinking right about now, right? What's up here? What's over here? Number three, what's your file? I want you to see a telephone over here. Somebody really important is calling us. Who could it be? President. All right, the phone's ringing. I'm like, hello, Mr. President. He says, can't talk to you on this line. I think it's tapped. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> Keyword right here. What's over here? Telephone. Telephone. What's right here? What's right here? Number four, what's your file? Plant, I want you to imagine a ladder back there. We're putting a ladder on that plant. We're climbing to the top of the plant. So what are we climbing over there? Number five, what's our file? Camera. Back there on the camera, we've got a wanted poster, and it says wanted, dead or alive, and it's got Alan's picture in it. Uh, Alan, how much money are we cutting you down for? What's the reward? Uh, a million. A million, all right. There's no self-esteem problem here. I want you to look back there, and over that sign, over that camera, it has Alan's face, and it says reward. What does it say over the camera? Number six, what's your file? On the table, I want you to see a goal post on a football field. There's a goal post right here. I got a football right here. Uh, actually, let's make Jake has the football. Jake has the football right here. Jake kicks the football, and everybody in this section go like this. It's good. What's right here? What's on the camera? What's on the plant? What's over here? What's over here? What's over here? Number seven, what's your file? I want you to imagine an efficiency apartment, a small one-bedroom studio efficiency apartment. I used to live in an efficiency apartment in Houston, and that thing was so small I could stand in the shower, put something in the microwave, and flush the toilet all at the same time. I apologize. I know y'all just ate. I want you to imagine an efficiency apartment right here. And Lauren, y'all got the refrigerator, the microwave, and he lives in this apartment. Keywords efficiency. What's over here? Number eight, what's your file? I want you to imagine an organizer, a day timer. I've got your organizer, and I'm putting all the pages of your organizer on this. What am I putting right here? Number nine, what's your file? Somebody give me a word, any word. What do you want it to be? Tacos. All right, we got tacos right here. We got tacos, all right. Tacos everywhere. Uh, tacos. Number And all this right here, this is the cheese on the taco, all right? Number 10, what's, what's your favorite sports team? Uh, did somebody say Steelers? I meant your favorite professional team, and I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm from Dallas. I know. Six Super Bowls. That's what you were going to say next, right? Cowboys. Whoever you want. What were you saying, Bernie? The Buccaneers? Mountaineers. Okay. I want you to see your favorite team up here. They're signing an autograph. You're throwing them the football. Your favorite team is right here. What's up at the podium? What's on the flag? What's right here? What's over there? What's in the chairs? What's on the camera? What's over on the door? Number one to ten, see how many of those you can remember. See how many of those things around the room you can remember. Write them down. See if, how many you can remember.
How'd you do, Ken? That looks like you did. Who thinks they got them all? Who wants to give it a shot? All right. Uh, Ken, we'll let Ken do it. He was the first one I saw get done. So go say them loud, Ken, so everybody can grade their paper. Very good. Everybody give Ken a hand. Did a good job there. Who else got all 10 of them? Guys, here's the deal. If you got 10, you could get 20, right? We could have done 10 more in the hall, and then I could have given you 20 words. If you got 20, you could do 30. We could do 10 here, 10 here, and 10 outside. If you get 10, you can get 20. If you get 20, you can get 30. If you get 30, you can get 40. If you get 40, you can get 50. Now here's the question. Big deal. So what? Ron, you can give me 10 words, and I can memorize, and I can see them around the room, but how's that going to make me any more money? How's that going to make me a better club manager? How's that going to put more money in my pocket? How, how, how? Let me list off several ways. The first way, I asked you a minute ago, I asked you 30 minutes ago, who in here ever has to give a speech or a presentation? And a lot of you raised your hand. Imagine this, you write out a speech or you create a PowerPoint and then the entire time you give that speech, you have to rely on this sheet of paper. You have to read your notes to give your speech or you have to rely on the PowerPoint and it slows down the rhythm of your speech. What if you could stand up in front of a group and never had to rely on a PowerPoint or never had to rely on a note? Instead, you got up in front of the group and you just talked, miss, not missing a point, point by point by point. How do you do that? This is how. You write out your speech. You write out the 10 or 15 or 20 points that you want to talk about that are crucial to your presentation. And then you have, I want you to map out your houses over the next couple days, all right? Map out five pieces of furniture in your living room, five in your kitchen, five in your bedroom, five in your bathroom. Map out your houses, five in a room, five pieces of furniture in a room, and then memorize that route. Do it this week. Why should you do it this week? Because in two or three or four weeks, you're going to have a presentation to give, and you want to have that part already done, okay? You want to have the, the foundation, the files already created. So let's take, let's say that you already created your files, right? And in four weeks, you have a speech you want to give now, right? You've already got your files created. Write out the 10 or 15 things you want to talk about. Let's say this is your house. Take the 10 or 15 things that you want to talk about, turn them into pictures, and imagine them on pieces of furniture in your house. The first thing you want to talk about is how to increase the money, how to increase the income of your club. How do you turn that into a picture? What do you put right here? You want to talk about the time management skills of every employee in your club, in your speech. What do you do for time management? What do you do for communication skills? And then you do that with every point. And then you get up in front of the group the next day, no notes in your hand, and you say, guys, I want to talk to you today about how we can all increase our revenue, our income here at this club. The first way we do that is by managing our time effectively. We've all got the same amount of time in a day, but let's become better time managers. Not only that, we want to become good communicators. Whether it's on the phone or in person, let's work on our communication. We all want to continue to climb that ladder and move up here in our organization. And one way we can do that is by rewarding ourselves and our teams whenever they hit their one of our goals might be to become more and better. And on Tuesdays, it's tacos, baby, if we hit our goals. But make sure that we work together as a 
you could give a speech of any length that way. Now you may say, Ron, what if I have three subpoints under each point? You can do, handle that one of two ways. You could take those three subpoints, create a little story, and add them to, to that story. So now you got four words on there. Or you could have main point, subpoint, 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 main point, subpoint, subpoint, subpoint. In that scenario, though, you would need 30 files instead of 10, right? But you can do it either way. That's how you can give a speech or a presentation and not use any notes. Now, but, okay, so that's one application to this system. Let me give you the second application to this system. Let's say you're not given a speech, but how many of you go to seminars or conferences or classes? You all do. This is where you are, okay? <laughs> so the, the next time you go to a seminar or conference or class, you take notes in that class as you're doing. I'm seeing y'all are all fantastically awesome about that, and I do find that impressive. But now you take your notes after the conference, right? And you, let's say you got 20 or 30 ideas written down from the conference, and you got 20 or 30 pieces of furniture in your house. When you're driving back home or you're flying back home, you know what you could do? Well, if you're driving, you probably don't do it. But if you're flying back home, you could take the points that you learned in the conference and imagine them around your house. And then in three weeks, somebody says, hey, what would you learn at the conference? You can say, would you like it forwards or backwards? Right? I did a seminar for an automobile dealership in Dallas, uh, Sewell, Sewell Automobile Dealerships. Uh, Carl Sewell's the guy who owns them all. He spent $50,000 on training back in the 90s, sales training for his group, and on how to sell cars. And they just weren't getting it. They weren't doing it. He, was, he spent $50,000 on this training, and his salespeople were not implementing it because they couldn't remember it. You know what we did? We mapped out each one of their dealerships, 10 spots on the showroom floors, and then we took the 10 questions they were supposed to ask their prospects when they came into the showroom, and we, we placed them around the room just like we did here. And at that moment, that $50,000 of sales training, the value to the dealership took off because they started implementing it because they remembered it. When the customers came in, they asked them this question, this question, this question, this question, and this question. So that's how you could use it to give a speech or a presentation, to use, memorize what you learn in a class, or a sales presentation. Let me give you one other example here, and I will see who has any questions, but um, I want to show you how this could, could, there's no excuses. No excuses here. If you're six years old or you're 96 years old, you can do this. This little girl is six years old. Five years ago, she asked me to teach her how to memorize the presidents of the United States. I taught her one night after dinner. You're about to see this video. This was not something we built up for weeks. We didn't build it up for days. We didn't build it up for two days. One night, she said, can you teach me how to memorize the presidents? Because she had seen me teach adults that in my conferences. This is one of my friend's little girls. I don't have any kids myself. This is one of my friend's little girls. I taught her how to memorize the presidents in about 60 minutes. It was the most incredible, inspiring thing I ever saw because I did not think she was going to be able to get it. After I taught her, she ran around the house and she said all 44 presidents. There was 44 at the time. I said, Kaylee, that was amazing and cute. Can we do this one more time, but can I film it? And she said, you can film it for a dollar. As you watch this video, watch her use the system. Watch her look at the furniture. And keep this in mind. She learned it in 60 minutes, one hour. That's it. That's, it's, it's, it's really...
this video inspires me. Here, okay, come down here. Okay, what's your, come over here. What's your name? Kaylee. How old are you? Six. And what are we about to do? Memorize the president. And how are you gonna do that? By furniture. Furniture. Okay, here we go. What's one? George Washington. Two. Uh, Adams. Three. Jefferson. There you go. Jefferson. Four. Madison. Madison. Five. Monroe. Monroe. Let's hurry up. Let's go to the next room. Okay. Who's number six right here? Abraham Lincoln. No, it's not Abraham Lincoln. Who's number six right here? Adams. Adams. There you go. Who's number seven? Jackson. There you go. Who's eight? Van Nah, And number nine? Harrison. Harrison and number Hi. ten? Rock and roll. Here we go. We're almost there. Ow. Oh, okay, number 11. Come in this room. Who is it? Polk. Twelve? Ty Taylor. Taylor. Thirteen? Fillmore. Fillmore. Who's fourteen? Fierce. Fierce. And right number fifteen right here? On the door? Who's the fifteenth president, Kaylee? Cannon, rock and roll. Here we go. Let's go to Lat's room. Okay, here we go. I said Lat's room. Okay, here, who's number 16? Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, who, uh, who's number 17 over here? Johnson. Johnson, who's number 18? Um, Grant. Grant, who's number 19? Um, I don't know. You know this one. Who's on the couch right here? Hayes. Hayes. Who's number 20? Garfield. Garfield, 21. Um, That's Arthur. Arthur in 22. Clover. Clover for Cleveland, 23. Benji. Benji in 24. Clover. Clover for Cleveland in 25. McKinley. McKinley. Let's go to the next room. Um, okay. Okay. Who's this one? Um, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Who's 27? Um, Taft. Taft, 28. Wilson. Wilson, 29. Um, Harding. Harding, 30. Coolidge. Coolidge. Let's go to the next room. We're almost there. Come on. I want something to sit on. You want something to sit on? We're almost there. Who's who's 31? Hoof. At Hoover. At Hoofs for Hoover in 32. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt's. We, we remember Teddy Roosevelt's cousin, right? So his last name is the same. So his last name is what? Roosevelt, that's right. And who is the Truman. the Truman? And who is who is Eisenhower. the Eisenhower? Okay, come on, let's go to the next room. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, last room. Who is thirty-five? John F. Kennedy. And the next one? No. The next one. Who who is the president? Johnson. And then who is the Nixon. next? Nixon. That's right. And who's the next one? Four, very good. And who is this one? Um, Carter. Carter. And who is 30? Uh, Reagan. Reagan, that's right. And who is 41? Bush. Bush. And who is 42? Clinton. Clinton. And who is 43? Um, Bush. There you go, Bush. And the last president, the president right now? Obama. Obama, very good, baby. Woo! You want a dollar? <laughs> I want my dollar. <laughs> she wanted that dollar, right?
it's so cute and it's so uh, inspiring. And what it illustrates is, is whether you have six files or whether you're six years old or 96. You turn the data you want. Who has a question on how to memorize anything at all? I, I got about 10 minutes left. Who has a question on how to memorize anything at all? Yes. There is. So you, I, you do five in a room. Why? Because it helps you learn the numbers quicker. If you put seven in this room, nine in this room, eight in this room, four in this room, and then I say, what's number 22? It'd take you a while to get to it. Pick a number between one and 25 and tell me what it is. 22. 22. The 22nd pair of numbers on that list earlier was 61. Y'all gave me 25 sets of two. The 22nd pair was 61. The only reason I can get to it that quickly is I have five in a room. Who has another question? Yes. Do I play poker? Uh, my lawyers asked me not to answer that. <laughs> the last names are more complex, and it's, you're going to have to do it more on the spot. First names, you can prepare. You can create pictures. Last names, you, ha you, can, come up with, you can come up with standards. Smith is a blacksmith's iron. McMahon is a Big Mac hamburger. Uh, but... Last names are harder. You just have to do it on the spot. But let me give you a tip here on remembering names. The way I remembered all of your names is I did, if you want to memorize numbers, speeches, books, the presidents of the United States, you use furniture in your house. Use furniture in your house for everything with the exception of one thing, and that is to remember the names of your members. I am not attaching you to furniture in my house because really the only reason you want to attach it to the furniture in your house is to have some place to hold it and the order is important. This, you, the order that I, it's not important that I remember you in a certain order. Plus, I meet so many people, and you do too, you're going to use all your furniture up, right? So this is how you remember names and faces. Could you stand up for me, please? You store the name on their face. You pick out a unique feature on their face, and you imagine it there. So what is his name? What is his name? What is his name? What is his name? Then I get right about here, and I'm thinking, hair, hair. His hair stands out to me. Hi, my name's Ron. Your name? Mike. Mike. Boom. A microphone goes in his hair. Then I'm walking. You can go ahead and have a seat. I'm, what is his name? What is his name? What is his name? What is his name? Hi, my name's Ron. Robin. Robin. And maybe I would, I would you normally, I normally don't use glasses, but let's just pick something different here. I would say glasses. So his glasses becomes his file, and I got Batman and Robin running across his glasses. When I see these guys six months later or three days later at my hotel or club, I'm not trying to remember the name. I'm looking for the unique feature on their face. Oh, his hair was the unique feature. What was in his hair? His glasses was his unique feature. What was in his glasses? I've spoken for a lot of clubs in the past that had pictures of all their members. And what I suggested that they do is go through as an organization and pick out unique features. Oh, that guy's eyebrows are his unique feature. That guy's chin. You don't have to tell your members what you're picking. That guy's nose. That guy's ears. That guy's bald head. And then take their names, create pictures for it, and if his name is... Brian and he has big ears, put the, a brain coming out of his ears. If his name is Brian and he has a distinctive mustache, make it coming out of his mustache. But if you have pictures in your database, you could really use that tool there. Okay? Um, let, I'm gonna, I'll hang around and answer your questions a little bit, but I also got to stay on time here. Let me tell you about the biggest memory project of my life. Um, and 
Nothing I've ever done will compare to this. I've won a couple national memory championships and, and, and set some records, but those are not important to me compared to the importance of this to me. Um, I uh, joined the United States Navy after September 11th. So I've been teaching memory seminars for 26 years. Uh, after September, when September 11th occurred, I was 28 years old. I was sitting on my best friend's couch. He was a high school teacher. He still is. And he turned to me and he said, man, you're going to think this is crazy. This was October. It's about four weeks later. This was October of 2001. He said, man, you're going to think this is crazy, but for the last couple weeks I've been talking to an Army recruiter. I've made my decision. I'm going to join the Army tomorrow. And I looked at him, and it just made sense. And I said, I'm going with you. So the next day, he and I went down to the recruiting station as a result of September 11th, and he, we joined as reservists. So I continued teaching memory seminars. He continued being a high school teacher. One weekend a month, two weeks in the summer, we did our reserve duty. He joined the Army that day. I joined the Navy because I have an IQ. And we both served. <laughs> yes. We both served for eight years. Uh, in 2005, he was deployed to Afghanistan. In 2007, I was in North Carolina making copies at a FedEx office. My cell phone rings. I say, hello, this is Ron. They said, Petty Officer White. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> I looked for a, a chair to sit down. I sat down in the chair. I said, yes, this is Petty Officer White. I knew what they were calling for. They were asking because it had been the talk in my unit the whole month. They were asking for volunteers to go to Iraq or Afghanistan before people started getting voluntold. And so that was a call, should I volunteer? And when he called me that day, I, it just hit me. Man, you got to go. Don't, don't try to weasel out of this. You Just go. So I said, yes, chief, I will go. And uh, that was May of 2007. June of 2007, I was at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, learning how to shoot an M16 and spot IEDs on convoys. Uh, it, uh, two weeks later, I was at Camp Ali Salim in Kuwait, learning how to spot IEDs on convoys. I did not think I was going to do any convoys because I was an intelligence analyst. I had a top secret clearance. I was certain I was going to be in front of a computer 20, you know, 12 hours a day and not on convoys. I did, my convoy, I did my convoy training in Kuwait, four weeks of it, and then I landed at Bagram Air Force Base July 5th, 2007. You fly in at 4 a.m., there's a less chance you're going to get shot down. Two hours later at 6 a.m., I was at Bagram, where I thought I'd be for the next year. Didn't think I was going to have to go off the base at all. Within two hours of being at the base, a Navy chief walked up to me and he said, White, get your body armor, your M16, 100 rounds of 5.56 ammo, and meet us at the Hummer. We're going on a convoy. I said, what? You don't want to take me. I've been here two hours. Take Steve. He wants to go. He's been here a month. Look at it. His ammo's already loaded. He wants to go. I don't want to go. Okay? Uh, I went on a convoy that day. It was the most intense 90 minutes of my life. I didn't think I was going to do one. I did, I did 50 convoys over the next five months. I came back safe and sound. Not everybody did. Why did the guy who left the day before me, he never came back, and his friend came back, but he came back without his eyes. And then I get to come here to Florida and hang out with you guys and have fun, and it didn't seem fair to me. And so I thought about it a lot. And in my process of thinking about it a lot, I wanted to honor my friends. And the, what I did to honor my friends, just like Kaylee, the little girl, numbered 44 pieces of furniture, and she put 44 presidents on 44 pieces of furniture, I numbered 2,300 pieces of furniture, and I put every single hero who has lost his life in Afghanistan on a piece of furniture. 
It took me one year to memorize, and they are in this book. Could I get somebody to give me a number between one and a thousand? He's going to open that up to Staff Sergeant Brian Studer, S-T-U-D-E-R. That's number 582. What do I do with this information? I, I travel around the United States with this wall. It's 52 feet long. It's 8 feet high. It looks like the Vietnam Wall. When it looks like this, there's nothing written on it. So imagine the Vietnam Wall just standing there with no names written on it. And then imagine the Vietnam Wall. That's 7,000 words in that book. 2,300 people, 7,000 words. I will write out that book from memory. It's like watching the Vietnam Wall get created from memory. It takes me 11 hours to do it. I drive it around the United States. Two weeks ago, I did it at the Charlotte Motor Speedway and the Dover International Speedway. I do it at Willie Nelson concerts, uh, Major League Baseball games, college bowl games. And I will write it out. I'll set the wall. I'll write in silence. Typically, the news media will catch on to what's going on, and they'll start talking about it on the radio because we do do a press release uh, before we do it. And here's the end of a day. And what does that press release do? The moms and the dads and the sons and the daughters, they hear about it. They come out to find their loved one's name. Then I will stand back and I will salute my friends that did not make it back. I've done it twice on Fox and Friends Morning Show. This mom hugged me and she said, thank you for not letting people forget about my son. Thank you for keeping his memory alive. Uh, that grandmother stood there for, for four hours, four hours for me to write her grandson's name. She waited to see her grandson's name be written on this wall. And this little boy didn't want to meet me until his mom said, Kalen, uh, Ron served in the Navy like your daddy. And then Kalen looked at me trying to figure out what his dad looked like. And I said, Kalen, your, your daddy was a hero. And I'll spend the rest of my life telling everybody I meet about private first class Austin Staggs, because your daddy was a hero, Kalen. And that's why I do the Afghanistan Memory Wall. The information I shared with you today, you can use it to give speeches without notes. You can use it to memorize chapters of books. Your kids can use it to memorize their homework. You can use it to remember the names of the people at your club. And if you choose to, you can use it to memorize 7,000 words in sequence. I believe when I get done here in four minutes, we're going to have a break. Is that right? At that break, if you have a question or want to talk to me about something, that's the time. Because when you start back up, I have to go to the airport. I have a, I have a flight at 6 o'clock. I don't have time to do Q&A right now, but I will be here at that 15-minute break, I guess, something like that. Um, real quickly, what are the five things you need to memorize anything? Focus, file, picture, action review. What's the question you're going to ask yourself when somebody's walking towards you? What is their name? What is their name? What is their name? Um, uh, if you want your staffs trained on this, I'd love to come to your clubs, all right? Uh, if you look on your paper, your table, you'll see that uh, we have a packet here. And the packet, and I'll run you through it real quick. Okay. The packet is the eight top brain foods for good mental health. Uh, the next page on that packet 
is uh, ways to keep your brain fresh, healthy, and quick as you age. And then the last page on there is the Black Belt Memory Course. This is an online memory course. Why is it called the Black Belt Memory? Because it's like karate. It's online videos. You watch the first couple of videos. You earn your white belt, then you earn. It's really cool, if you like, especially if you like karate. You earn your white belt, then you earn your yellow belt, and then when you finish the course, you become a black belt in memory. It's so, so cool. How many of you in here have kids in school? If you do not get this for your children, your children need to be taken away from you and given to someone who loves them, okay? Uh, it's an online course. It's called Black Belt Memory. It's videos. You go through the certification. Uh, a lot of people will say to me, Ron, I love the 90-minute speech that you gave, but I know me. I'm not going to implement it unless I have some form of structure. What do I do next? This would give you structure. For those of you who know yourself and know you might need a, a, some structure to implement this, this would be great for yourself to implement what we've learned here today. Names and faces, you're going to have videos where I'll show you a video of 30 people, and then we'll go back through the video, and I'll show you how to memorize their names. And then the next video, you will type in their names. It's really, really, really cool. Uh, and you'll do that with numbers, books, poems, languages, speeches, verses, cards, formulas. Uh, Speed reading is also included in here, how to read faster, how to, how to double your, everybody will double your reading speed. Why is it important to double your reading speed? You read faster, you learn more, you earn more. Uh, uh, but it's all in here, uh, names and faces. How many of you in here are procrastinators? There's more than that, you're just going to raise your hand later. For you procrastinators, this is what I'll do. And you remember, you have to do this at the break because I am leaving. If you hand this paper to me at the break, only at the break, you cannot find this price online anywhere, but draw a line through that 597 and write 397. Down here where it says total, just write 397. And then you would put your name, your phone number, your email. You put your credit card number right there. I promise not to memorize it. But uh, if you do that, I'll email you a password and you will have it by Thursday, if you have kids, write how many kids you have on there, and I will set up free accounts for all your kids too, okay? Um, I want to thank you guys, and that's only at the break, special price. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, it's great for you. It's great for your kids. Um, thank you guys so much for having me out. I'll be over here. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. This has been Education Elevated on the FLCMA Podcast Network. Download other episodes on a myriad of different topics for anyone in your club or organization, regardless of their job title or description. We'll see you next time.